Last week, for the benefit of those who may not have been with us, uh, we had a guest speaker, Pastor Ralph Castillo, uh, and uh, he was talking from, or he spoke from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 5, and the title of his message was The Other Side. And it was amazing how he illustrated that Jesus traveled through the lake onto the other side just to touch the life of one person, one man. And in touching that one man, it ultimately opened the door for ministry to 10 cities. And uh, today, I want to continue uh, with this theme of the other side. The title of my message this morning is The Other Side Part 2. Uh, wow, that was really creative, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, so let's go quickly to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 5. We're going to continue and pick up the, the story on, on verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to where? The other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When, Jesus, uh, when, she, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the crowd crowding, uh, the, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Okay, so now we just read, Jesus now is crossing the other side of the lake. Remember, he was, had crossed the other side to touch the life of that one man uh, and, and change his life around. When he did that, now he's crossing back over to the other side of the lake. And as he does that, as he lands, we're told that he is met by a crowd of people and in this crowd, or a part of this crowd, is a man named Jairus, who is a synagogue leader, a rabbi, a modern-day pastor, if you will, uh, to make the story apply to us. And he tells Jesus that his daughter, who's 12 years old, is sick to the point of dying. And he pleads with Jesus to come to his house to touch her so that she would be healed. 
Jesus agrees to do that. Now, on Wednesday night, we are going to cover his miracle. Wednesday, we're going to talk about the other side, part three. Again, super creative. So we're going to do that Wednesday night. So I really want to encourage you to be with us. It's going to be great and special for that. But our focus today is on this nameless woman who received the miracle. As they were journeying to Jairus' house, we find that there's this woman who has a bleeding disorder for 12 years. She went from doctor to doctor, and no one could help her. The Bible says she spent all the money she had trying to uh, get a cure for her disorder, but no one could help her. Now, it's important we understand that because of her disorder, according to the law of Moses, for those of you who are taking notes, you'll find it in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25 through 27. Because of her dis bleeding disorder, she was declared unclean according to the Mosaic law, which means this, that she now became an outcast from uh, society. She was not allowed human contact because in touching somebody, they would become unclean. So she was allowed no human contact. She was not allowed to go into the synagogue, their version of church. She was not allowed to attend that. She was not allowed to be a part of anything that had to do with society because she was unclean. So think about this now. She suffered a lot. She was in pain uh, through her disorder her, for 12 years, her physical disorder. But because of that, there, think about the, the emotional pain that she had to deal with for 12 years. Think about the spiritual pain, if you will, being uh, an outcast and not being able to participate in her religion uh, the, that she was uh, born into. Now, the connection that I feel that she may have with us here today is that maybe we can look at this disorder that she had and recognize that we are dealing with our own form of disorder, something that uh, we have been trying to get out of our life. It could be a physical thing. It could be something emotional or mental. But it, it's something that we are looking at, and we know it brings disorder into our life. We know that we're not in the right place because of this thing that we're dealing with, this disorder. And it caused us maybe to feel like an outcast, like we don't belong anywhere. We don't quite belong in church we don't quite belong here. We don't quite belong there because of our, our issue, our disorder, if you will. It's something that really slowly but surely sucks the life out of us. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually. It's a disorder that leaves us shrouded in a cloud of despair and hopelessness. Twelve years she had been trying to get over this. I can identify with this when I had my disorder of heroin addiction and nothing that I tried to do helped me overcome that thing. And it left me in despair thinking I'm going to wind up dying a drug addict as everybody that I knew that was into drugs had go, little by little had all died around me. And that's what was her situation. And now the Bible says she hears about Jesus. 
She obviously knew about the miracles that Jesus had done in the past. But now she hears that he is back on the other side of the lake where she's living now. And so now, having heard about Jesus, now she has this speck of hope and faith that is born in her heart where she comes to the place where she believes, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Now, our translation uh, really doesn't do justice because the word touch there doesn't mean to touch like that. It literally means to grab hold of. So what she is saying is, if I can just grab hold of his garment, I'm going to be healed. And Mark uses the word clothes, but if you look in Mark's, Matthew's gospel, excuse me, and in Luke's gospel, they talk about the fact that what she grabbed hold of was the fringe of his garment. So now, to kind of help us understand this and visualize it, we're going to do a little illustration. So uh, I need Pastor Tom, if you would come up to the platform. I need all the uh, pastoral staff, all the men. I need all the men deacon, all men elders. I need all the men uh, ushers. I need you all on the platform. Come on, quickly, help me out. Help me out, all the men. I need you to come on, come on up, Leroy. Mark, I need some more men. Come on, you man, I need you. Come on, guys. I, I need volunteers. This is going to change your life. Come on, Danny. I see you, Danny. I need you. We still don't have enough. I need more volunteers. Come on, guys. No, I, I, no you I don't need. I, <laughs> I need you to have a seat, buddy. Seriously, I don't, I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> Yeah. You all right? You sure? Come on, I need you, young man. I see you. You got the shirt on that will really ring true. I need you. Do I got enough guys? No, no, I need more guys. I need more guys. Come on, I'll see you. I see you. Come on, guys. Come on up. Okay, while they're coming up, remember Jesus had an outer garment on. It was like a, a, a robe, but we don't have a garment like that from the biblical days. But we got something better. Come on, Pastor Tom. You're I could not think of a better Jesus. Do you agree? Come on. He's a, there's, I'm hiding among the baggage. There's no one that would be a better Jesus. So here he is. Come on. Get in there. All right. Now. Now you could tell. See that little insignia there? Get that close on the camera. See that? I want you to know Jesus was the first Trekkie. I just want you to know that. Okay. All right. Now I need all my all my uh, pastors and deacons and elders. You're, you're facing this way. Okay, Come back right. here. I need you all to surround him. That's what the disciples would gather around him. And looking, you're looking this way at me. All right, you're looking this way at me. All right, everybody surround him. Okay. Now I need all the other rest of you gather around and get get, get in there tight. Now I want you to take two steps back. Two steps back. I need you to go on the back, in the back. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. I need you in the front, right there. No, I need, in the, come on, come on, come on. Okay, get a little tighter. Remember, now the Bible says that the people, which are on the outside, that you guys, were pressing in on Jesus. Now the disciples realized, okay, we're, 
And the reason why... <laughs> that's because everybody wanted to be close to Jesus, right? So they were all pressing in. And so when I say go, I want you to take baby steps. Can you do that? Let's practice. Baby steps. Good. Go ahead. Okay. Stop. Okay. Take the baby steps back now. Okay. I need, I need my woman. Come on, my woman. Now, I really struggle on what woman to have, but this is Nilsa. This is a friend of ours. She's now uh, moved uh, from New York to Chicago. So she's from New York. So you know she's got a lot of disorders. So come on up, Nilsa. Okay. Now, the Bible says when she saw, come over here, please. When she saw Jesus, she felt, okay, this is my opportunity. If I can just get to him and touch his garment, I'll be healed. Okay, now, listen, when I say go, they're going to start walking, and your job is simple. You've got to get in there to get the hem of his garment. <laughs> okay? And remember, guys, you're pressing in. All right? Go. Get in there, Nilsa. You got to touch the hem down below, the hem, the bottom. <laughs> All right, you got it, you got it. <laughs> Come on, let's give my hand. <laughs> help her up, help her up there, help her up, guys. <laughs> I want you to know you guys did a great job. Come on, <laughs> give my you know. You can just leave that on the front row there, Pastor Tom. Leave that on the front row there for me. All right, so we just had a simple illustration. But think about it, that day, we had maybe 30 guys up here. There were probably a couple of hundred at minimum that she had to work through in the crowd. They get on her knees and they get in there and they grab the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying, but let me say it anyway. It took determination to get to the hem of Jesus' garment. It took a little bit of humility. She had to get on her knees and really work her way in there to do that. And when she did, the Bible declares she was immediately cured of her disorder. Now, Jesus turns around and says, okay, who touched me? Now, the disciples are saying, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, everybody is pressing in on you. They all want a part of you, Jesus. How could you even ask who touched me? But Jesus said, no, someone touched me. And the Bible said he turned and looked around. Now, the truth of the matter is, because he was God in the flesh, Jesus already knew who had touched him. What was in need at that moment was a public confession, a public testimony to what she had received from the Lord. So now she comes before the Lord and she gets on her knees. And the Bible says that she's frightened. She's not sure what's going to happen, probably because of this. Remember, according to the Mosaic law, she was what? 
unclean. And as a result of being unclean, no what? No touching another human being. So in working through the crowd, she was violating the law. In touching Jesus' garment, even though it was just his garment, in touching the garment, again, she violated the law, which meant that according to the law, she could be stoned to death. Perhaps that's why she was frightened. And she comes and humbles herself before Jesus. And Jesus looks at her, and the first thing he says is, daughter. Everybody say daughter. 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 Now that one word meant that she was now restored to fullness as a child of God. Before she was an outcast, before her disorder had caused her to, to be isolated, before her disorder had caused her great suffering and, and she couldn't participate and be part of family, she couldn't be part of society, she couldn't be part of synagogue, but now because she was healed, Jesus wanted to make sure she understood, you're just not healed physically. I'm restoring you in every way. Fully restored. Now, the other side and what we're looking at today is this healing of a disorder that no money could fix, that no other person could heal or mend. You see, this unnamed woman, she represents you and I here today. Because oftentimes, we have disorders in our lives, something that is just not in order in our lives. It's just not working. And no matter what we try, we can't fix the thing in our lives. We exhausted ourselves trying to fix the thing that's broken in our life. Sometimes it could be even a marriage. It could be a relationship. That it, There's a disorder that you know I'm not functioning the way I'm supposed to, and it's impacting my life physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want you to know this morning simply that Jesus Christ has the power to fix, to heal, to mend, to solve what society cannot. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. Because there are times that we, we go to doctors thinking they have the solution. And I thank God for doctors. God is the one that's given wisdom to man on using medications and procedures that can bring physical healing. God has given wisdom and understanding to doctors that, that uh, like psychologists and psychiatrists that can help us and bring healing to our mind. I thank God for all of that. I thank God for the things that God has provided in wisdom to help navigate life through us. But there are times when there are things that are going on in our life that you will discover there is no cure that man has to offer us. And you can exhaust all your money, all your time, all your energy trying to find the fix. And no matter what you do, you only get worse. You only get worse. And by worse, one of the things I mean is you get more discouraged. And you get to the point where you feel, this is going to be my life. 
It's never going to get any better. It is what it is. That woman, 12 years dealing with that issue, but that one day changed her life. When Jesus came over to the other side and she heard, Jesus is near, that's my ticket. I got I to gotta go and find, get to Jesus. Now, here's an important thought for us. The people were pressing in against Jesus. They were all people that wanted a piece of him, so to speak, that wanted to be close to him, that wanted to be near the action, if you will. Yet none of them drew power out of Jesus, which tells me this. Listen, getting your miracle, getting deliverance and freedom from the disorder that we have in our life doesn't come just because you come to church. You can be in the crowd, and you can be pressing in and still walk away without a miracle. Yeah, listen. It's not enough to be part of the crowd that's around Jesus. It's important that we recognize that you and I need to believe today that Jesus has the power to heal us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, listen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Jesus Christ is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine. And what that translates simply is Jesus Christ has the power to break the disorder that's in your life. Jesus Christ has the power to heal the disorder that's in your life. Jesus Christ has the power to deliver you from the disorder that's in your life. It does not matter what man says. It does not matter what the books say and what society says. You can listen to all those voices or you can choose to believe He's on the other side today, and I want to get to Jesus Christ because if I could just get to Jesus, I will be healed. Now, what does that mean, getting to Jesus? Listen, there was no power in the hem of Jesus' garment. It's important we re- I say that. Because people might get very mystical and think, well, you know, uh, the power. There's no power in, in Jesus' robe. The power that, that drew from, uh, from Jesus was emanating and result as, as a, as of the woman's faith. Her faith connected her to God's power. And the conduit in between from her faith to God's power was God's mercy, God's grace. See, because none of us deserve anything from God. You see, 
But if we believe today that he has the power to break that disorder that's in my life so that I, my life can be in order. If we believe today he has the power to break the disorder that's in my marriage so that my marriage has order or my family has order. If we believe that then, and that he has the power, then we can receive from God today, not because we deserve to receive, uh, but because of God's grace and God's mercy. That's what connects us to his holy power. And here's the last thing as the worship team comes. You also need this. Because faith, the Bible says, without works is what? Dead. That's what the scriptures teach us. What does that mean, Pastor? It means you can't just believe. You have to put your faith into action. Now, for you and I, what does that mean today? Think about it. She heard, those who played that role, she heard that Jesus was here, was there, uh, back on the other side. She believed, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. But what happened if she would just stay and didn't go? What would, what would have happened if she didn't get on her knees and fight her way through the crowd and and stretch. Think about the risk that she took. She risked everything to get to Jesus. So what am I saying here today? Your faith has to be put to action. You got to risk everything to get to Jesus. And what the biggest thing you have to risk is your pride. Because pride is what keeps you and I from often receiving a miracle. We don't want anybody to know we have a disorder. We don't want anybody to know that we are not okay. We don't want anybody to know that we got our issues that we have been dealing with. So we, we come to church. We are a part of the crowd. We're near Jesus. But then we walk away. The same way we walked in. Because while we may believe that Jesus has the power to bring order to our disorder, we were not willing to risk our pride. Let me reflect way back to the beginning of my deliverance from drugs. I was in a meeting. And I knew I'm not doing well. Church service, and I knew what my disorder was. Nobody had to point it out to me, which is another thing, right? You don't need anybody telling you you got a disorder. You know it. And at one point in the service, the opportunity came for anyone that would need a prayer to come forward. And I sat there in my chair. And I said, God, I need prayer. I, I need help. And so I risked everything. Now, my sister and my youngest brother were in the service that day, and I, they never knew that I was a drug addict. I hid it very well from my family. And so I get up. But now I'm feeling my heart pounding, and I'm really feeling for the first time God speaking to me, 
And God told me it wasn't enough to get up. That I had to turn around and tell everybody why I got up. And so I turned around and I said, people, I need prayer because you see, I'm a drug addict. And if I don't get help from God, I'm going to die a drug addict. And my sister's there hearing it for the first time. And my youngest brother, who, I can put it reverently, idolized me. He's there hearing this for the first time. But at this point, I didn't care anymore. I knew I, I need God in my life to break this thing that's killing me. And that was the day that God began breaking the chains in my life. I risked my pride, laying it all out. Now, I'm not saying you got to come up here today and tell people why you're here. No, no, just to hear my heart. I'm saying to you, some, for some of us, the biggest journey is the, from your chair up to the front. And you, and you sit there and you say, well, why do I got to go to the front? Can't God do what he wants to do in my chair? Yeah, he could. Just like Jesus could have just healed a woman. He didn't have to go, go through all that. He didn't have to go to Jairus' house to, to touch his daughter. But there's something about the journey that God wants us to take where we get out of ourselves and recognize, I'm coming because I got a disorder in my life that I need God's help. And that is the faith that causes us to risk coming forward and putting our pride aside and we position, oh God, I'm here. I need, I need a healing today. I need power to come from your throne of grace today. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and as Pastor Jason and the worship team lead us in a song or two, if you're here today and, and God is talking to you about some disorder that you have in your life and you desire to receive healing power from the Lord, I'm going to invite you just to come and stand at the front with us so that we can pray together.